ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. So what would you do if you had a Prada bag and someone spilled coffee throughout the entire inside of it? Would you scream your head off? Would you never want to speak to that person again? What would you do? Well, this is exactly what happened to my guest today on the Purpose Girl podcast, and I'm going to out myself that I was the one who spilled coffee all over the inside of her beautiful Prada bag. Now, here's what happened. My dear friend, colleague, amazing happiness expert, she looked at it, she said, oh, it dries, and then she patted it down, turned her bag inside out, and she said, oh my God, the bag is reversible, and she went on with her merry day. Now, I learned more about happiness, more about resilience, more about how to actually be the happiest, most positive woman possible from that moment in graduate school than I could have learned in my entire education at the University of Pennsylvania. Because what my dear, dear soul sister, Melissa, taught me in that moment is that it is all about how we respond to the little shit in life. Because it's the little shit right? It's the little shit that gets to us every single day. So I could not be happier. I could not be more excited to bring Melissa's brilliance to you. Melissa Garson is my guest today on the Purpose Girl podcast. She is a certified life coach, an author, a speaker, and as her clients say, and her friends, I will tell you, she is a total game changer. She has helped me so much in my life, and I can't wait for us to dive into it. She's the founder of Melissa Garson Coaching. She coaches clients all over the world by phone. She's been educating and inspiring women of all ages for over 25 years. She earned her master's in applied positive psychology from the University of Pennsylvania and her certification in mindfulness-based stress reduction from the Jefferson Myrna Brind Center for Integrative Medicine. Melissa's approach is as thorough and direct as it is compassionate and healing. She's all about helping her clients handle life's challenges gracefully, just like she did with that bag, and become more positive and feel genuinely excited about their lives. Melissa has two incredible adult children. She lives in New York City. She is also the author of The Recipe for Real Happiness. I cannot wait to dive into that recipe. You're going to want to stay tuned to the end of the show. Melissa is the best. Welcome, Mel, to the Purpose Girl podcast. Wow, what an introduction. I'm sitting here with goosebumps and tears in my eyes because I can't believe that you remember that story and and it, it was so impact. It had such an impact on you. So I'm really excited. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you, Karen. Oh, it is it is my pleasure. So Melissa and I go way back to the first day of graduate school, and I just have to share with you, these are the moments. The reason I remember that story, Mel, is because here we were learning from the biggest and best psychologists all over the world and right at the University of Pennsylvania. And we were, you know, learning all these theories and we were learning all this science and statistics. And in that one simple act, 
You could not have been happy that I spilled coffee all over your Prada bag, okay? But in that one simple moment, the way that you handled it taught me how to handle basically any moment that happens. That's so amazing. It's so amazing. And, and it is. And you know what? It's really a practice. It's like that's not something that you just automatically know how to do, right? It's a practice that you learn. And thank you for, for sharing that. And it's true. And that's really how I operate in my life. I walk that talk and I teach others to do the same. I know you do. You've helped me so much in my life. And so I know your story, but how did you become someone who could handle a coffee in a Prada bag mm-hmm. and a challenging divorce and so much in your life? What was your journey to get here? So I guess it really, you know, one of the very first things that happened for me was many, many years ago. It was in my late 20s. And I remember reading a book called Learned Optimism by Marty Seligman, who is now our, you know, our teacher, the father of positive psychology, and we now know him. But at the time I read that book and I realized that we did have more control over our happiness than we thought. So that kind of was the beginning of my trajectory. And then I went on, I was a teacher for many years and um, got a master's in special ed and saw that the kids that were the happiest and most successful, you know, were the ones that were confident. And can confidence be taught? It was so interesting to me. And that, right. And then in my own life, and I had my own kids, and um, I went back to school to become a therapist. And in school at that point, I said, you know what, this isn't what I want. I don't want to delve into the past. And I myself was going through divorce, and I got into therapy, and I said, this isn't what I want. I want tools. How can I actually get happier? How can I feel better in my life? So then I went into coaching. And in, in my coaching training was when I found this course called Positive Psychology. That was a course in the program. And then I sought out, you know, more about it. And that was when I found the master's in which the program that you and I met and became instant friends um, at Penn. And so I applied to that program. My son was applying to college the same time I was applying. (laughs) I so love it. I so love it. And you turned, you turned 50 that year. And I I think it's important that women hear this. You can, you get your second act, third act, fourth act of life at any point. You just choose. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So there I was and I got into the program. I was going through my hot flashes with all these young people. My sweater goes (laughs) on, my sweater goes off. It was, it was quite remarkable, but (laughs) fabulous education. And then in that program, what I found that was missing was mindfulness and becoming aware and, and present to the moment. And I remember uh, Barbara Fredrickson, you know, researcher that we had actually met and, and heard speak in our program. And she had said that she had done this uh, silent retreat um, up in Massachusetts. And I said, you know what, if she can do it, I can do it. So that was when I kind of really sought out bringing more mindfulness into my life and into my practice. And that's what I do. So I combine the positive psychology, right, the science of flourishing with mindfulness, and I teach it and live it. And it's just an amazing, amazing, these are amazing tools to have in our pocket in our lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's so interesting that you're saying that mindfulness was missing because it really was, right? I mean, we learned so much about mindset and how to shift your thinking. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about what is mindfulness. So mindfulness is really being present to the moment without judgment or attachment, right? So you're really, you know, I often say um, that, you know, we are either dwelling in the past or worrying about the future, right? That's where a lot of people live. And 
that's a very uncomfortable place to be, mm-hmm. right? You're ruminating about something that could or, or, or you know, ruminating about something that happened, or you're worrying about something that may or may not happen. Mm-hmm. But, and it's not so easy to come back to the present moment. And I love this story that someone once asked the Dalai Lama, you know, and said to the Dalai Lama, you know, I can't shut my mind off. I just can never shut my mind off. And he said, well, neither can I. I just come back quicker. <laughs> you know, so good. So my- yeah, because we think that we think the Dalai Lama is someone who's achieved this ultimate, you know, peace, and he's human. It just shows how human it is for our brain to wander and then come back. And I think especially for women, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? We know that women ruminate more than men, which is the dwelling, which is staying in the negative. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so that's why this practice, it it is a practice. It's not easy. It's something that you learn. And that's what I love to teach. Amazing. All right. So let's go back to this moment when I spill coffee all over your Prada bag. And I think it's really important because whether it is that your kids, you know, anyone out there, whether it is that your kids are not getting off to the school bus in time, right? Yesterday, I'm walking my dog in the neighborhood and this woman is yelling from her car, for her kids to run out of the house already. And I have no judgment for her because I'm sure she has somewhere to go. She wants them to be in school on time. She's probably tried 10 ways to Sunday to get them to, right? But she's like screaming at them from the car and I could just, all I could do is just send her love and compassion. You know, so whether it's that or it's that your boss is like just constantly on you that you didn't do it right or you didn't do it well enough or it's something small like you get a run in your pantyhose at work. Like, you know, it, small things feel big. Right. So take us to that moment and what did you need to do? What do we need to do when someone spills coffee in our Prada bag? Love that. That's such a great question because right in that question it are the tools. So I guess the first thing that I did, and, and you missed this part of the story because you didn't maybe remember this, but I smelled the coffee. I said, something smells so good. <laughs> Okay, and it was your delicious like vanilla coffee or something. And I'm like, wow. I do not remember that. <laughs> I said, "Wow, something smells so good." And I'm like, oh, it's my bag that smells good, and oh, it's the coffee that's in there. Wow! So I I take out the coffee, um, and I am enjoying the smell. And so it's really you know a bit of like in that moment there was a gratitude moment, right? Where it's like I smell this yummy coffee, then I realized it's my bag. Okay. So I open the bag and I turn it inside out and I pat it down. And that was when number one, I saw that it was going to dry. It wasn't a a terrible situation. It could always be worse. You know, that's the thing you say, whatever's going on, right? It could always be worse. um, And then you go to, wow, okay. And now the gratitude, I found out that the bag is actually reversible. Like who knew? And it was, it was really an exciting moment. It was like funny. I laughed out loud. I'm still laughing about it. And and that actually, so that practice in that situation is something that I really do often. I remember another time we had, I had lived up in Westchester County and there was a terrible storm and the lines were down right outside my driveway. And, you know, I, my car was out in the street and in order to get back to the house, I had to walk over, climb over these, you know, downed lines. So I actually tripped. Okay. I skinned my knee. I ripped yeah. my pants. And I ripped yeah. pants. I didn't even know if ripped pants were in back then. <laughs> <laughs> you should have saved them. <laughs> I know. I know. But we did. And and I fell and I, you know, we started bleeding my knee. Blah, blah, blah. But I stood up and I said, you know what? I am so grateful that number one, the line wasn't alive. Okay. Oh. And number two, that I didn't break anything. You know, so even when, so when you adopt this 
practice of gratitude, you're able to bring it into negative situations and respond to these things more gracefully. Now, these are simple things, but you know, even in, in life, the bigger things, right? So whether it's death, divorce, you know, some of these more obviously challenging and upsetting situations, you can use these practices that I speak about to help you manage some yes. of that shit. Yes. This is huge. This is huge. I mean, I feel like I just want to put a picture frame on this so everybody can kind of hang it on their wall. This idea of having gratitude mm -hmm. for everything, mm -hmm. right? You are entitled and allowed to have your moment of frustration, sadness, anger. I think it's very healthy. Like I'll go have two minutes, you know, of a temper tantrum. I'll go up to somewhere, have my temper tantrum, but that we don't stay there. Exactly. Right? We don't stay there. And then we we find, right? It's really looking for where is the good here? So let's go to something that's a little deeper, Mel. What about if it is something like divorce? You have come through divorce when you had two kids. Mm -hmm. What does it look like to practice this then? I guess really what you do, what I did is I was, I felt proud and grateful for myself to have the strength to be able to make that change. And, and, and like you said, you know, you don't want to negate your feelings. You feel what you feel and they're there for a reason. Your feelings are very important because they help you. They tell you things, they tell you, you know, and you need to listen to them. But like you said, you don't linger there. So, so I guess specifically with the divorce, maybe it was that, you know, I had an opportunity to create more of a life that I wanted than what I was experiencing. Mm. You know? So I looked mm. at it like that. I did have, of course, those scary moments, those upsetting moments, those whatever, you know, because we're human and we're going to have them. But like you said, I don't linger there. I surround myself with people that have my back, that I have theirs, you know. Amazing. Amazing. So one of the things that has struck me about you, Mel, from day one is how open you are to everyone and everything. I mean, I really have always admired you. You don't just practice this every day. It's like, this is truly your way of life. And I have to tell everybody the story of how we met. So it was day one of our graduate school program. And here we are at this like very fancy Ivy League school. And a professor starts talking about the law of attraction and that like he's not, it's not scientific, right? And I was like all nervous, you know, and I like the law of attraction. Is that like, okay, you know, and I'm looking at all these like smarty pants all around us. And, you know, some of our classmates even have their own PhDs and everything else. So I kind of like raise my hand a little bit, right? And I'm like, I like the law of attraction. <laughs> I like the secret. And then Mel finds me like, Five minutes later and we become, she's like, me too. And we become like instant BFFs throughout the entirety of grad school. And what I was constantly like appreciative of you, Mel, I felt like in that moment you were so supportive of me mm -hmm. and you, I saw you do that with everybody who was around you. And I'm constantly witnessing you be so open to every single kind of human and so supportive of who they are. Wow. Thank you. It really makes me tear up. And I so appreciate you saying that. And two things I want to say to that. One is, yes, that moment was beyond. I loved it. And I'm <laughs> with you about that. But you, you started by saying that it's not a practice, that it's really who I am. And what I think is really important about that is that it must have been in me 
you know, but it wasn't always the way I was. So mm. it started out as a practice and it really, I really lived into that person, you know, because there are parts of me, believe it or not, that are somewhat shy. And I know that seems very hard to imagine. Mary, if you all, when you meet her, okay, and she and I are going to start doing work, I think we're going to do our first event next year. So you, you will you will be shocked that she is shy, but I get it. Yeah, please keep going. Mary. Yeah, so, so um, I mean, I remember, you know, thinking like, because I was always you know, nice and kind and blah, blah, and generous. And I thought like, am I this way because I want people to like me mm. or am I really like this? And when we, believe it or not, did in our class, we did the um, VIA, the Values and Action Strengths Character Survey and um, capacity to love and be loved was my number one strength. And we also learned that when you are who you are, as much as you can be that, then you are really engaged with life and mm -hmm. feeling so much happier. And it was, and it wasn't that moment really, but that was kind of proof too that it's like when you figure out who you really are and you be that in the world as much as you can. Like I said, it's like it's it's great for you and it's great for the world. Period. Yes, yes, that is so good because how much of our lives do we spend or have we spent? I know I have yes. thinking I couldn't totally be myself. I was too much if I really showed how gregarious and mm -hmm. slightly outrageous and zesty I am, or people will think I'm coming on too much if I'm too loving, right? And so we hide ourselves. Or I was speaking to a woman recently who was inquiring about coaching, and she said to me, well, I, I work with all these military people, so I can't let them see how bubbly I am right? They won't respect me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, my love, you are there for eight to 10 hours a day. If you're, if you're holding in who you really are, no wonder you're not feeling great in life. Mm -hmm. So the key is to know yourself and to step into that mm -hmm. as fully as you can. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And back to, you know, what you said to that day when we met, and I really am a believer that everything happens for some reason. And in divine timing. We were meant to meet each other there. We were meant to know each other. We don't speak or see each other really even often enough right now. We know that, but but when we do, it's like no time has passed. Mm -hmm. And and I really also believe that when we adopt, I read this many years ago in a little one of those little self-helpy kind of books that I loved. And it said, you're exactly where you're supposed to be right now. Mm. And I really believe that. So right now, you and I on this call, in this moment, in our lives, sharing what we have learned with others is exactly what we're supposed to be doing right now. Yes. I love this. You all can see why I love her so much, right? And so when we apply that to whether you're listening to this and you're driving and you're in horrible traffic, or you're listening to this while you're vacuuming and it's been like, you know, too many days of you just taking care of everyone else, mm -hmm. you are where you are supposed to be exactly at that moment. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that that part, one of the reasons for you being there in that moment might be as like a wake up of, that you're not living mm -hmm. in alignment or that you're you are you have been shutting off uh, one of your strengths or something that's true about you mm -hmm. or that maybe you have been dwelling too much. And so I love what you're saying, Mel. Now your book is called The Recipe for Real Happiness. Mm -hmm. 
So is this the recipe? Tell us. So first of all, I, I really had been wanting to, I've been using these four ingredients that I will share with you with my clients and myself. And I felt that it was so, people were getting such value out of it. I said, I've got to put it in one place. And I even have, you know, people have said to me, they carry it around in their purse and they just open it up at different times during the day because it really connects them, makes them feel good. Um, and it connects them with themselves and others. Yeah. So I've been in, in my talks and in my work with clients and in my own life, there's really been four main ingredients that at any time, you know, you, you may need a little more of one at this time, a little more of another at another time, but they really, to me, are the basics that if you practice and, and incorporate these ingredients into your life, you can't help but feel empowered and in charge of your life and create what you want. So they kind of have fallen into these categories. Here they are. The four main ingredients are love. So love of self and love of others and gratitude, being in a place of gratitude, looking at what you have versus what you don't. Because we know, you know, when you're feeling crappy, notice what you're thinking about. You're typically thinking about something that's not going the way you want or something that you don't have that you want. But when, and you get what you focus on, but if you focus on what's going right and what you have, that enables you to have the motivation and belief of what is possible. So you've got love, you've got gratitude, you've got the third one is mindfulness. So being present to the moment and um, not attached to an outcome and really coming back, consistently coming back to the present moment, which we can talk a little more about after. I can't wait. And then the last one is learning. So, you know, the shit's going to hit the fan and life is going to do what mm -hmm. it's going to do. And so with learning, it's really about what can I learn from this situation, you know, as mm -hmm. opposed to being taken, being taken down by it. It's really, okay, so this happened now. What can I learn from it going forward? Mm -hmm. And so what I did with the book was it's really simple. It's a short little book. And I've actually had people say that they carry it around in their pocketbook and, or, and their case and just open it at any given time because there's something on there for you in that moment. So you can, you know, read through it. It's a short book. It's the four ingredients with 10 practices under each ingredient. Mm. I love this. And then you, so you really, you can read it front to cover, but I love the books that I just close my eyes and I open it up and it like, this is whatever I need today. And it always is right. Well, this is so interesting. I hear this all the time as people learn different aspects of positive psychology. Some people say, well, duh, you know, of course you should be grateful for what you have. Of course you should be in the present. Of course you should love. And it's like, well, if it's so duh, right, sometimes it seems so common sense. We're not living it. Right. So the the important thing here is that in some ways we hear it as, OK, yeah, I know I should be living that way. But what you're doing is you're giving people tools to actually put it into practice. Right. Rather than just we all know we're supposed to eat, you know, green leafy vegetables, but we're going back to the M&Ms. You're giving the tools to actually like live it, which I love. Yes, that is so well put. And thank you. That is exactly what mm -hmm. it is. These are 
reminders and practices. And the more, you know, we know that our brains are malleable and the more we practice this. I mean, I was sitting on the plane the other day for two and a half hours. I was talking to a neurologist. It was the one of the most interesting conversations I've ever had. And wow. what we spoke about was that, you know, you we were talking about my work and his work, okay? So he's really doing a lot of research in the area of ALS and MS and finding a cure. I mean, this is major, major stuff. And what we're, what what he was interested in, what I was saying is that, you know, I really help people, you know, change their brain by, by creating new neural pathways by mental habits that they keep, right? And he was saying that he knows that we can change our biology you know, by the things that we do. And that's why I love that you keep saying it's a practice. It's a practice. It's like practicing it doesn't mean that you're perfect at it every single time. It doesn't mean that every time someone spills coffee in your Prada bag, you're going to have the perfect response of how good it smells, right? And of course, we're just using that as our example here. But you just keep practicing it. It's like, it, you know, every time I, I saw this great video of Michael Jordan, he didn't make every shot. Right, he failed to make the winning shot twenty six times mm -hmm. um, in his in his career. So, but you just keep practicing. You keep going back the next day or the next moment, yeah. and and pr you dust yourself off and you practice again. And this is, I think, the number one aspect of happiness is yeah. like you, it is. We just practice the tools. And what an amazing conversation you had with a neurologist to really support your work, that what you're doing, what we're doing really is making a difference because we're changing your we're changing the brain. Yes, absolutely. I mean, this is huge, right? So so let's go back to these a little bit and just dive a teeny bit deeper. So love, love of self and love of others. You know, it, it's so hard, I think, especially for women to love themselves, mm -hmm. right? Love ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's easy, I think, to love others. Right. It's like that's kind of given to us as, as our job. Mm -hmm. So so to love ourselves, what does that even mean to you, Mel? So to love yourself to me is to appreciate yourself as you are. Right. So with your flaws, with your wrinkles, with your extra few pounds, with whatever you have and are, loving yourself just like that. It's almost like being a parent to yourself. If you were your own child, you would, and some parents do actually pick the flaws in their children. And that's, it's so sad, right? But even with that, to reparent yourself and love yourself as you are, it's almost like, and I also tell people to think of themselves as two people, not schizophrenic, don't get me wrong, but like you and your best friend, right? Mm. So you're never alone and and say things to yourself like you would to your best friend. Mm. You know? So beautiful. I love that. I love that. Your best friend. I did a my podcast, I did a podcast episode on vitality a couple of weeks ago. And I read a letter. I'd gone to a workshop where the leader had us write a letter to our bodies. Mm. So beautiful, Mel. And I read part of my letter on the podcast. And anyone who hasn't heard it, go back and listen to the episode on vitality. Because I realized I had always thought of my body as like a thing or, you know, when people talk about your body as a temple. But mm -hmm. in my letter, I said, you know, you're actually my best friend. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. so, so we thinking of us and ourselves as our best friend. This is beautiful. And so being grateful, you know, Kara, yeah. it's like be grateful that your body functions. And uh, maybe yes. have, right? And maybe you have some aches or pains or whatever, whatever. But you know what? 
really and truly appreciating and taking care of your body. Yes. Right. Yes, because that, your body wants to, mm-hmm. your body wants you to function fully. I mean, even the aches and pains are trying to get you into balance and yes. like loving all the things that, you know, Josh and Charlie, our dog and I were dancing in the kitchen before coming down and doing this podcast, right? So it's like our body does so much. And so, you know, loving, loving yourself, treating yourself as you would a child, treating yourself as your best friend. I love that. So number two is gratitude, mm-hmm. right? And we've talked about this a little bit, but how do we find gratitude for even the most challenging things in our life? So it's it's really interesting because I had a client um, and we were speaking and she said, you know, I just, I just, I'm in such a place right now. I can't even think of anything to be grateful for. I said, okay, okay, let's, let's just think about that. You know, we, we kind of teased through it a little bit. And so sometimes you can be in such a dark place that it's really hard to even... Yeah. Think of something to be grateful for. But as you kind of just go through the moments and really get present, mm. you kind of just say, you know what? I'm grateful for my breath. Mm. I'm grateful that I'm alive. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. even if you may not even want to be alive in that moment, you know, because life could really suck and you don't even want to be there in that moment. But when you really get still, you can start from there and then build on that, you know, and then the gratitude, I, I, you know, often tell people as we know the gratitude journal and I say, you know, just write down three things at night before you go to sleep. It primes your sleep that you're grateful for from the day. It could mm. be, you know, it could be that you found a parking spot, that you had a delicious strawberry, that you had a great conversation to the fact that you got a job or you met someone that you really are crazy about. It, it could be any thing, big, small, whatever. And you just get in that practice. And then the gratitude takes you through the tougher moments as well. So when you have that practice in place and then something really crappy happens, you can find the good in the situation if you have a practice of gratitude. Right, right. Because the idea of practicing and going back to your friend on the airplane, right? What we know from neuroscience is that the more you repeat something, the more you repeat any behavior, the more it becomes habitual because what your brain is doing is creating neural pathways that make it a habit. And so getting into that habit, and I owe my habit to you, actually. So you've been my like life coach all along, girl. Um, so the during graduate school, I actually went through a rough time. There was something going on that was really challenging. And I remember you sitting me down. And you said, Kara, are you doing your gratitudes? I said, no. And you said, you cannot go out and teach this unless you are doing it. <laughs> I, I don't know if you remember that. It was, I, it was so good. Yeah, mm. it was so good. And you're right. I cannot go out and teach this if I am not practicing it myself. And so it's like, all right, I know because I can know the science and I can like rattle off that if you do three good things or three gratitudes every single day for a month, it has lasting effects for six months. But the key is actually doing the practice. And I'll have days I fall off and then I remember, oh, let me come back to it. Absolutely. And I want to bring up one other thing because I think this is a great word because you had said something before and, you know, we think it's a great thing to think of like the challenges because it's going to happen. Life is going to give us these challenges, but I like to consider them opportunities. Mm. Think of your challenges and these things as opportunities, yes. it's almost, right? It's almost like a, I remember someone once saying, and I love this, and I often say this to people is that's your curriculum right now. Ooh. Oh, 
That is so good. That's your curriculum right now. Oh my gosh. That's so good. So good. Everyone should put that as a sticky note and put it on your computer, um, on your bathroom mirror, just for whenever a challenge is happening. That is our curriculum right now. So incredible. And mindfulness, we talked about a bit and then learning, right? So really, I'm hearing that, you know, for us to really learn from each experience, because that is our curriculum. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Exactly. So that's what I was going to say. So when you have the feeling, the sense that you have the tools to be able to manage what life is going to put in front of you, right? Then you feel strong and, and nothing can take you down. Mm. So it's really knowing that you have this ability. It's almost like you're not going to, you know, test or tempt problems, but just saying like, okay, bring it on. What's next? I'm going to deal. I can deal. I can deal. I have what it takes. Yeah, this is so good because so often we want self-confidence, right? Self-confidence. And how do we get it? Well, in grad school, you and I studied self-efficacy. And Mm -hmm. self-efficacy is knowing your strengths, knowing what you have, that Mm -hmm. you can that you will succeed. And Mm -hmm. I often think of that as like knowing that you have the tools, knowing that you have resourcefulness, knowing that you can figure it out, right? You don't have to to be confident, you don't have to know everything. You just have to know. I've got the Google, you know, I've got the resources, I can figure it out. And then you can have the confidence and the strength. You're right. Because people ask me all the time, I'm sure they ask you too, are you happy all the time? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And of course we're not, you know, Mm -hmm. we've got our own challenges that we go through. And right. So Mel, this is a book everybody needs, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just like, everyone must have this. And I love how you've made it so simple right? There's four basic tools, 10 practices for each. Open it up on any day. Or if you're feeling like, okay, I'm really focused and dwelling on the negative. I need the gratitude today. Or I really am in a shitty situation. I need to learn. Open it up to that section today. And so we've got the link in our show notes. And for other people, where can they find you? They can find me at melissa at melissagarson.com. Awesome. And you want to go to melissagarson.com. Anyway, Mel puts out a an email every single Monday. I get it. I read it every Monday morning because it is like a little shot of happiness espresso um, <laughs> to get me like to, to boost me up. So it might be something that's going to motivate you. It might be something that's going to help to calm you. It's going to give you one of these tools and you definitely want to sign up for that at melissagarson.com. So Mel, listen, I love doing this thing with all of my guests at the end of a podcast uh, called the Purpose Power Playround. And I'm just going to ask you a few questions and whatever's the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Okay. This is so fun, especially with you. Okay. Number one, mm-hmm. a book you've read that you think everyone must read. A book I've read that everyone must read. Um, uh, other than your own, of course. Of course, other than my own. I'm going to say... I mean, it's an oldie, but a goodie. I think learned optimism is pretty fabulous. I agree. It still is my favorite of his books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this book, what makes it your favorite, Mel? It just really opened up my world. You know, it just really opened up my world. And I just think it was great. I mean, it's, it's an oldie. I'm sure there are more that I could think of, but that's the one that really comes to mind. Yeah, it's such a, such a great suggestion. Okay, number two. When you were a little girl, what did you want to be? A teacher. You did. Mm-hmm. 
I wanted to be a teacher. I'd had all the kids in the neighborhood come over. I had a blackboard <gasps> and I, yes. And I would, you know, try to teach. Yes. Yep. I love this. I wish I had been a friend in the neighborhood. That's so cute. And here you are. Look at you, right? I mean, the blackboard looks different now than it used to, but you are yeah, out there yeah. speaking and right. So and you are really teaching. It's so who you are and what you're doing. I love it. Okay. A third question. Let's say I bump into you and it's like three years from now on the street. Mm -hmm. What's one thing that will either be doing in life or you'll be feeling in life or both. Okay. So I will be traveling around the world speaking. Yes. With you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, baby. I love um, it. But you bump into me. So I will be traveling around the world and doing, you know, speaking and I will be in a really healthy, happy, wonderful, enriching relationship mm. with a fabulous man. Mm, well, so shall it be, darling. So shall it be. Even better. I love it. Everyone, I thank you, thank you, thank you, Mel, for joining me here on the Purpose Girl podcast. You are a rock star. I just love you to pieces, and I can't wait to see all that you do and all we do together. Everyone out there, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to the Purpose Girl podcast. We hope you loved this episode. If you did, please, please, please rate us, give us five stars, review us, tell us what you think, tell us what you loved. Email me, go to purposegirl.com, send me a note, tell me what you want me to feature here on the Purpose Girl podcast. Also, sign up for your free Living on Purpose guide. Uh, this is an ebook that I've written that is filled with questions for you to get clear on who you are and really why you're here on earth so that you can feel alive and be your best self. Of course, I want you to find me on Instagram at Karen Rockhind. You definitely want to follow Mel on Instagram too at Melissa Garson. She has a rockin' Instagram account. I'm constantly looking at it, so you want to go there. And find our Facebook group, making huge changes to it in 2019 toward being the Women's Happiness Network. So you want to find us on Purpose Girls. And of course, the most important thing you can do, as always, is to share this podcast with every woman you know. Because every woman you know could use this recipe for happiness, right? Mm -hmm. So think about, is your mom going through some challenges, your sisters, your girlfriends, women at work, the way that we change the world here on the Purpose Girl Podcast, our community, we are all about changing the world one woman at a time. So I love you all so much. May you live purposefully. May you love yourselves. And may you love life. Bye for now. <laughs>